Our reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greatest gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a good and generous God, and thank you for the way that you speak to us through your words in the Bible. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us, we might hear your voice to us. Give us soft hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying to us as individuals and to us as a church. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I think that the video gave us a good introduction, didn't it? Um, this morning, we're looking at what it means for us as a local church in Winchester to live our lives together in community as the body of Christ, with each one of us, every single one, using our gifts for the benefit of the body. The Apostle Paul, as Simon pointed out actually in that video, uses different metaphors and different pictures to help us understand our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with one another. And each of those pictures help us to appreciate from a different perspective the privilege and the blessing of being together, of the gathering of us together as church. So Paul describes the church as God's family. That's what Simon was talking about, where God is our father and we are his sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can know that tender, wonderful love of God as our Father. Paul describes the church as the Holy Spirit, where we're like living stones. Each one of us is a living stone. We're built together, absolutely together. And that means that God can dwell in our midst, can be in our midst. And we, and we get a special sense of that when this morning, times like this, when we're together as church. And Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. There are lots of other pictures, lots of other metaphors that he uses, but that's the one we're going to focus on this morning. What does it mean for you? What does it mean for me to be part of the body of Christ here in Christ Church? And this is, this is so important for us. When we put our faith in Jesus, we're welcomed into God's family as precious sons, precious daughters. But our faith isn't just about me and Jesus. It's not just about me and Jesus. We become part of the church, part of a community. 
And we need God's help to enable us to understand what that means for us. How, how do we fit together? How do we, how do we fit in? So that we can live our lives in healthy and fruitful relationships with one another. Paul wasn't writing 1 Corinthians into a vacuum. He wrote it as a letter to a church, a particular church, in first century Corinth. And Corinth was a, a busy port. It was a thriving commercial center. And Paul had gone there. He'd stayed there for 18 months preaching the gospel and seeing the beginnings of a group of believers coming together to be church. You can read about it in Acts 18. But after Paul left Corinth, he began to hear about problems in the church. And there was an exchange of letters between Paul and the church leaders. And one of those letters was, is what we call 1 Corinthians. And Paul, in, in chapters 11 to 14, he begins to address the problems in the weekly gatherings when the, the church came together. It seems that it was becoming a bit chaotic. You've got to remember, they're only just starting, but it was a bit chaotic. There were people who were getting up, speaking in tongues, nobody, which is a spiritual language. Nobody interpreted, nobody had an interpretation from God, and, and people didn't understand what they were saying. At other times, people would be getting up and, and teaching or giving a word from God, something they felt was from God for the church, and then somebody else would get up and butt in. And, and Paul was concerned that if um, non-believers, people who didn't know Jesus, came into the gathering, they wouldn't understand what was going on. And for the people who were already believers, already Christians, how could they develop in their understanding and discipleship if there was all this chaos around them? Over the last two weeks, we've been looking at the earlier part of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians and how Paul carefully instructed them about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul emphasized the diversity of the gifts and how the gifts are given for the common good. And this morning, we're going to look at that, just that last part of chapter 12 and focus on the church as the body of Christ, secondly, the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit, and thirdly, are some gifts more important than others? So firstly, the body of Christ. Paul says this in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And we saw last week how Paul, in verses 12 to 36, pictures the church as a body. And we've all got human bodies, and we're all made up of different bits. You know, our arms, our legs, our ears, our noses, our mouths, all those different bits belong to the body. And Paul says the church is just like that. Each of one, one of us is different, but we all belong to the body of Christ. And each part of the body, each one of us, has a unique and particular role. The Holy Spirit gives each one of us gifts. Every single person here who's a follower of Jesus will be given gifts by the Holy Spirit. And God's desire is for us to use those gifts to contribute to the life of the church. And his plan is, as, as Simon pointed out, 
not that the Holy Spirit will work through a select few. The Holy Spirit will work through every single person. So that's the, the body. Secondly, the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. Paul gives a list of some of the gifts in verse 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of administrational guidance, and different kinds of tongues. Now, Paul had given a list, uh, another list earlier in the chapter, which we've looked at a couple of weeks ago, and he gives other lists. So in Ephesians 4, Romans 12, you'll, you'll find other lists which Paul gives. And the lists are all slightly different, and some, some lists have this one, and some uh, lists have that one. You know, it, what it shows is that even if you put them all together, you're not going to get an exhaustive list of the gifts of the Spirit. There are many other gifts which the Spirit gives to the church. So I'm going to look briefly at the gifts mentioned in our reading. So apostles. Now there's a, a difference between the original apostles and the apostolic gifting in our church today. Now the original apostles one of the sort of qualifications to be an original apostle was that they were witnesses to the resurrected Jesus. So Paul met the resurrected Jesus on the Damascus Road, and people like John, um, Peter, James, they were with Jesus and, and they saw him after the resurrection. But just as those original apostles were sent out by Jesus to preach the gospel and begin to form those little, first, those first Christian communities, God is still sending people out today to make disciples and to establish new Christian communities. And that would include people who are leading pioneer missionary work and church planters today. And I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago, and I went to see a friend in Cambridge called Margaret. And I first met her about 15 years ago when Oliver, my husband, and I were traveling through South America um, on a sabbatical, six-month sabbatical. And um, we went to visit Margaret, who was in Lima, in Peru. And she, she's the most remarkable, amazing woman. She went out to Lima as a, as a young woman. She was, I think she was there about 35, 40 years. And she um, lived with the poorest of the poor on, on, the, on the very edges of, of Lima. And she began working with children, and then their moms, and then their families. And she established at least five churches. She, there are sort of various little bit communities um, dotted around that she established, but four or five decent-sized churches that we, that we went to visit when we were there. And she is now retired, she's in Cambridge, but she's still passionately interested. In fact, she, she went out as soon as she could after the pandemic. But she communicates, the leaders still want her advice, and she communicates by email and WhatsApp. And in the pandemic, and when we couldn't go anywhere, she, um, she was giving Bible studies to um, people in Lima on, on Zoom. You know, she's a remarkable woman. 
And I said to her, you're just like a modern-day pool. You know, she's just using email and WhatsApp instead of um, parchment and whatever else he, the, the scribe used to, to write it. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful if we at Christchurch could send out more people like that, that we could disciple here and send out to make disciples and establish new Christian communities, both here in the UK and elsewhere? So that's the apostolic gifting. Prophets. Now there's a difference between the prophets in the Old Testament and a prophetic anointing today. In the Old Testament, the prophets were, were called to listen to God and declare God's word to the people. And they used phrases like, thus says the Lord. And their words, where they're recorded in scripture, are authoritative for us as believers and followers in Jesus. But today, for us today, Jesus says to us that in John 10, he is the good shepherd and we are his sheep. And each one of us can recognize, can hear Jesus' voice. So we can all, he gives all of us that ability. But where people have the gift of prophecy, they, they have a special anointing to hear God's word and to give it to the church but it's important that those words are always weighed and tested. They, they, they can't say, thus says the Lord. So are they consistent with Scripture? Do they, are they consistent to what's in the Bible? And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.3 that everybody who prophesies today speaks for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And I, I know in my own life, in my own ministry, when I've received words from people who have a prophetic gifting. It's been such a source of comfort of, and strength and also, also of challenge. Next one in the list, teachers. This is a special gift given by the Holy Spirit to teach, particularly from the Bible. And it covers teaching both adults and children. And it extends way beyond what happens at the front in our church services. It will apply to teaching children in our groups, things like Oasis on Mondays, and, and in any smaller group where there's some form of, of teaching. The next one, workers of miracles and gifts of healing. Again, we can all pray for a miracle. We can all pray for somebody to be healed, and we, and we will see answers to those prayers. But the difference between somebody who's given that gift is that they consistently and regularly work in that area. And they will grow in that area and more consistently and regularly see answers to those prayers, to see healings, to see, to see miracles. The next one, helping others. And this is, a, is a, you know, a wonderful and a practical gift which is absolutely essential for us to have within our body so that we can thrive as the church here in Winchester. Next one, gift of administration. Now, this is an interesting one because it, it used to be um, translated as administration, and now in the NIV, I think, we're, yes, it's um, translated of guidance. And the original word that Paul used was used to describe um, where a helmsman was um, guiding a vessel, guiding a ship, a boat, into, into port. So guiding. And um, 
if you think about it, a good, a good skipper or um, somebody who's t doing that function will know not only the craft, but will know what the crew, what the capabilities of the crew are, what the capabilities of the boat are, what the capabilities, capabilities of the crew are. And this, this gift is so important for people at every level of leadership. The next one in the list is tongues. This is a gift from the Holy Spirit of a spiritual language. And the, this isn't intelligible to um, us normally. We can only understand it if, if God gives somebody an interpretation. And it's, it's very useful. It's a useful gift for, for praying and for praising God. I find it a really helpful gift because when I'm praying for something, something that I really care about, you know, I can use all the words I've got, but actually I st God still laid it on my heart to pray. And, and, it's, and praying in tongues is, a, is a, a way of continuing to pour out your heart to God for um, whatever he's laid on, on your heart. And I'd encourage you, if you don't have that gift, to pray to receive it from, from the Lord. So the Holy Spirit gives an amazing... You know, this is just what we're covering today, is just this little section, but he gives an amazing variety of gifts. And a healthy church is going to have a great diversity of, of gifts among its members. And Paul makes it clear that, that this diversity shouldn't lead to fragmentation, but to greater unity. In a healthy church, we're going to be independent, not independent, the opposite, interdependent. We, we will depend on one another. We, we need one another. And it's clear from Paul's letters that we can grow in effectiveness in using our gifts. So Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14 and reminds him to rekindle, rekindle the gift of God in him. And, and the implication there is that Timothy's gift could weaken, grow less, if he didn't use it very often. And, and we all need to not only have the gifts, but use our gifts so that we can grow in faith and discipleship and, and our church can be built up. And there are going to be some of us here this morning where the Holy Spirit is prompting us in this area. Is God calling you to rekindle a gift that he's given you? Maybe one that you haven't used for a long time. Paul writes this in verses 29 to 30. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? It's clear from this that nobody has got all the gifts. The Spirit gives to each one just as he chooses. And that ensures, too, that there's no, there's no place for prima donnas in the church community. We all need each other. And every person and every gift is important. And I don't know whether you noticed this as I was going through, it, through that, that list, but there's no distinction in this list between what we might be tempted to call supernatural gifts and natural gifts. So 
Paul lists in verse 28 the gifts of helping others, that sort of practical gift of, of helping and with very practical, in very practical ways. And he puts it alongside workers of miracles. All the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit and all are valuable. But that leads to the third question. Are some gifts more important than others? So Paul says this in verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. So it does seem slightly strange, doesn't it, that, that Paul's gone to all this trouble to tell us about the variety of the gifts, how, how every member of the body is important, but yet he says this, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. It's important here to remember that Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church in the context of disorderly worship. And this is, as the people were getting up, speaking in tongues, nobody was giving an interpretation, people didn't know what was going on. And then other people were getting up, giving a word from the Lord, teaching, and then somebody else would butt in. And, and Paul was really concerned about this, that the, the body of Christ wasn't being built up. He writes in 1 Corinthians 14, 12, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. So Paul is concerned that the church is built up and edified by words spoken in the church and that the body of Christ, the church, will be strengthened. So what, what about us? Are we using our gifts for the common good? Now, motivation is very important. The, the Lord gives us gifts to give glory to him and to build up the church. And our gifts should never be the source of personal pride or a source for our own glory. And interestingly, God gives gifts to all his children. If you're a new believer, the Holy Spirit's going to give you gifts. And they are not a sign of spiritual maturity. And of course, God's plan is for us to grow in maturity and, and therefore the use of our gifts will become more effective and help to build the body of Christ. Now, what if we don't know what our spiritual gifts are? What do we do? Now, I'd like to suggest some practical steps that you can take and they all begin with E. There are five steps, and um, I, I didn't, I, this, this is not from me. So the first one is explore. Explore what your gifts might be. And a good place to start is looking at the needs and the opportunities in the church. So over the last three Sundays, we've, we've been looking at the, the, the needs and opportunities we've got in the church. And, and you can see those those little poster things up around the side, and there's a desk in the concourse, or you can look on the website. And ask yourself the question, what are my interests, my desires, my priorities? And then pray, ask God for wisdom, and be aware that God might speak to you through somebody else. The second one is experiment. You have a go, have a go at the area of service that you think God might be leading you into. Um, and I think we can promise, James, that it's not a sentence for life, is it, if you join a team? You know, you have, have a go. 
Next one, examine. When you start in a new ministry or operating in a new gifting, it's always good to reflect after a bit, after some weeks or months, on how it's going. How, how do you feel in this new ministry? Do you sense it's a good fit? Fourth one is later on, evaluate how it's going. Discuss with other people, how is it going? And the fifth one is expect, expect to see fruit. The Holy Spirit gives us gifts to build up the church. And if we're using our gifts, we can expect to see good, healthy growth around us. So I'd like, I'd like to end by praying for us all together as church here at Christ Church. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you that you are a kind and generous Father who delights to give good gifts to your children. Thank you that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to every single one of us. Dear Lord, help us to be faithful in using our gifts for the common good and to build up your church here in our city. Where we don't know what our gifts are, help us to discern with others. By your Spirit, help us to rekindle any gifts we've not been using. Please help us to support and encourage one another as we use our gifts for your glory. And we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.